Well, hello, everybody. This is uh, Rich Poland. I don't have Stacy with me for this little mini podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know I'm just coming back from the Live Tournament uh, at Pumpkin Ridge here in Portland. I uh, wanted to give some observations. Uh, we did hear today that, uh, and it's not really a, a shock, that Paul Casey is joining Live. So, you know, Arizona State and Oklahoma State seem to be the Live schools. Uh, uh, Arizona State with with Mickelson and and now uh, Paul Casey, the old Arizona State guys, and Oklahoma State with Taylor Gooch and uh, uh, Chikara, the the Spaniard, uh, Matthew Matthew Wolf. So uh, those those seem to be your uh, your live feeder schools uh, out of uh, U.S. programs. So Paul Casey, the latest one, of course, he wasn't here in Portland. Uh, so a couple things about this tournament. Number one, Pumpkin Ridge is an absolutely beautiful course, and uh, it was in fantastic shape. I mean, how could you do better than planning a golf tournament in Portland uh, at the end of June, early July? I mean, it rains here you know, all spring, and... The weather was beautiful. It was, you know, what is it right now? It, uh, according to my car, at 75 degrees, sunny. It was a little overcast this morning, and the sun came out and was incredibly pleasant. Uh, but the golf course, likely because of all the rain, looked excellent. The golf course was not tricked up at all. The rough did not appear to be punitive to me, uh, and uh, yeah, the. Pumpkin Ridge will never host a major now because they 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 sold out to the Live Tour, but Pumpkin Ridge could have helped hosted a major if they had you know tricked the rough up a little bit. The greens are 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 championship golf worthy. Uh, it is a great spectator course. I've I've watched the women play, I've watched the Corn Ferry Tour play, and now you know, this is you know, the Live Tour. It is a great spectator course. Uh, Number three, the accoutrements, the non-golf-related things, first class. I ate both days uh, out of a food cart, uh, Koi Fusion, which is one of the old, really well-considered food cart carts uh, of Food Cart City, which is Portland. Uh, I had a rice, kimchi, and chicken bowl, which was absolutely fantastic. It was fifteen dollars. And $3 for a soda, uh, much less expensive than what you'd find at a PGA Tour venue, except the Masters, maybe. Uh, and certainly much less expensive than the last you know, the last few tournaments I've been to have been Ryder Cups and the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay. Much, much less expensive. Uh, and there is apparently some entertainment tonight. I left early because I have other things to do. I'm supposed to be at the beach tonight, and frankly, I didn't care who won the tournament, so uh, you know I had no rooting interest. Friday, there was no one there. Uh, yeah, there were cars in the lot, but every place I watched, you know, I was at the front, and there were few people around us. Today, there were more people there. I mean, it's Saturday today, so you know you have people who don't have to take off work to go to a tournament, golf tournament, but. Uh, there were people there. Uh, I started out, I, I spent most of the day on the ninth hole, which is a 
medium length par four. And it uh, started out, Phil Mickelson's group was the first group to play there. So it was a large group, probably about, you know, four or 500 people there. And about two thirds of those people left, Phil left. And then uh, as the leading groups came around, more and more people came to where there were probably a good, you know, 1,000, 1,500 people around the green when uh, the leaders came around. Uh, the lead group was Carlos Ortiz, Dustin Johnson, and Brendan Grace. Uh, but the last couple groups, really, there, were, there was a decent crowd, and that was, you know, uh, basically from the time Bryson DeChambeau came through to Brooks Kepka to Dustin Johnson. In terms of who was being followed, really, at this point, there, is only a, there were only Phil had a following, Sergio had a small following. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau had a following. Brooks Kepka had a small following. And then the lead group uh, with Dustin Johnson had a following. I heard not one negative comment directed against any of the players. Uh, Greg Norman walked right by me. He was high-fiving people. I did not get a high-five. Did not want a high-five from, Norm from Greg Norman. Uh, but... I did not hear one, show me the money. I didn't hear one, you know, one negative comment. And in Portland, they've been running these very negative ads towards Pumpkin Ridge and the players. Uh, and again, there were apparently protests at the, at the hotels and outside the venue. But almost, I would say surprisingly to me, I heard nothing. Uh, it's been speculated that this would bring out a younger crowd of golf fans. I, on Friday, I kind of felt I saw gray hairs. On Saturday, more of a mixed, typical golf crowd with younger people and older people. And uh, there is a real dichotomy. There are some again, there are some guys who really don't belong on the same on the same course with the with the leaders, with Louis Oosthuizen and Dustin Johnson and Sergio Garcia. And, you know, Sergio didn't play very well uh, this week, but uh, one of the first groups that came through, second or third group that came through, uh, there was a guy named Travis Smythe, an Australian golfer. And I looked him up. He's played some on the Asian tour, mostly on the Australian New Zealand tour, ranked currently number 411 in the world, as high as number 356, I believe, or 354. Uh, the ninth hole was, again, a, a medium length par, par four. It's about 450 yards. And a lot of the guys hit less than driver. Bryson DeChambeau hit less than driver. I think the long hitters, if they hit it too far, could go into the water uh, as there was a knuckle of water uh, at the end of the fairway. Uh, Travis Smythe hit a beautiful drive right in the center of the fairway, probably about 120 yards away. And then uh, his second shot, which I imagine was just a, a wedge, sailed about 50 feet uh, left and about you know, 10, 20 feet long, and conked the person that I was sitting next to in the knee. Uh, pretty hard. I mean, he, he fell over. He fell over onto the course and got a ball for his trouble. And Travis Smythe, to his credit, couldn't have been nicer about it. Could not have been any nicer and more apologetic. Uh, it was a terrible shot. Uh, but, you know, no disrespect, but, you know, Travis Smythe doesn't belong in the, in the same on the, you know, on the same course with Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepkin and Louis Hustazen and Sergio Garcia. 
Uh, some of these, this older British, uh, British crowd, they look like they're done. I mean, you know, Graham McDowell shot seven over the first day, a little better over the rest of the tournament. Uh, Ian Poulter was eight over today. I didn't, I saw Ian, Ian Poulter yesterday, not today. Lee Westwood, that's like three or four over. I mean, you know, I don't know how much money these guys got, but, uh, whatever they got, they, they robbed the Saudis. Uh, and I don't know how much Paul Casey's getting. Maybe Paul Casey's a little bit more relevant at this point, but you know, Paul Casey's, what, 44, 45 years old. And, you know, it, it really is a retirement plan for guys who have already made a lot of money. Uh, I was wearing Ryder Cup gear and, you know, was waiting for, for somebody to, you know, I was in positions where, you know, various people would have seen me uh, with my Ryder Cup gear, none of the none of the players or anybody ever said anything to me, and I wasn't going to be obnoxious about it. Uh, about four groups after Travis Smythe hit the guy to the right of me, uh, Sam Horsfeld, the uh, young Brit who we've talked to as a as a potential Ryder Cupper before he joined Live Golf, uh, knocked one into the person two seats to the left of me. Uh, still not as far not as far left. Uh, maybe about, you know, 35, 40 feet left, but way uh, long. Uh, and I can't remember, I think Sam Horsfield, though, was coming out of the rough and it was a little bit of a flyer. So uh, very easy to get in and out of the tournament. Uh, again, the, the amenities, there were, you know, cool chipping greens and there was a mini golf course that you could play and the food, you know, not just, the, there were about eight food trucks there. Uh, the, the bathroom facilities were very nice, but I just got to thinking, how much money did they lose on this tournament? Because apparently the, they only allowed 8,000 spectators in. Uh, there were some, you know, kind of upper range uh, tickets that, you know, would have set you back. Uh, well, there was one class, you know, to be in the front row on Sunday and be in a champagne bar that, that uh, was like $1,000 a day. I, I, don't, I don't know who would have bought that, but uh, uh, there was another, you know, kind of luxury club that was, I think, like a couple hundred, couple two, maybe two or three hundred dollars a day. Uh, there were 25% off discounts for everything. I assume they they applied to those too. For me, the, the grounds tickets, I did not get a grounds pass because I couldn't go on Thursday because of work. The grounds passed on 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 for Friday and Saturday were seventy dollars, but there was a 25% off coupon that anybody with a pulse could have easily found. Uh, so it cost me about a about hundred bucks for, for, uh, for two days at the facility. Parking was free. And I spent another, I think 20 bucks with tip on my lunch both days. So $140, I, you know, if you, I guess if you, if you don't have either, you know, if you're not either apathetic uh, about, about the, you know, the, the Saudis, uh, and supporting uh, the Saudis uh, in this in this tournament, or you're ignorant. Uh, 140 bucks for two days of golf and, and two lunches, and you know you get to see. You know, I, I will. I'm not going to say the best players in the world because I don't think any of these guys are the, are the you know the, are in the top 15 in the world. But but you get to see, you know, multiple uh, major winners. Uh, you know, Charles, Charles Schwartzel, Martin Keimer, you know, guys, guys who are past the prime major winners to guys who, who are, you know, kind of 
in their prime but injured major winners like like Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka has been you know have been chronically injured. Dustin Johnson, uh, Phil Mick, Phil Mickelson probably the biggest draw. Uh, it, it's not a bad deal, um, but you know as I said I, I don't I don't think I would have gone were it not for this podcast. I think if it were it not for this podcast I would have uh, probably stayed away on philosophical grounds, but. Uh, uh, I can appreciate the fact that as, that as a golf watching experience, it was fantastic. Uh, but a lot of that is predicated on the fact that there just weren't a lot of people there, especially on Friday uh, and even on Saturday. I, I don't know if they artificially kept the numbers down in order to state that they had a sellout, but uh, either way, uh, a really good spectator experience on, on, a, on a beautiful course. Uh, anything else? Uh, uh, again, you know, they're going to have to do something. It, 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 when, when I'd say a third of the players in the tournament had no business being on the same course with, uh, with even, even over the hill world-class golfers, there's guys shooting, you know, who are 17 over par, uh, 11, 12 over par and, you know, just not hitting good shots. Uh, and, uh, you know, what's going to happen to these guys as more people come on? I mean, we have, with Paul Casey, uh, apparently the young South African, uh, bomber Wilco Nienaber was here, uh, and play and was here as a first alternate. He apparently states he hadn't decided whether he wanted to join the live tour for good, but was here in Portland rather than playing at the Irish open. And, uh, you know, we'll see if, if, or guys join, what's going to happen to those, you know, kind of bottom feeders? Are they going to collect their, you know, their $120,000 per, per for the tournaments they played and and then be have to go back to, you know, tours other than the DP World Tour uh, and, and the PGA Tour? I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, somehow I, I don't think that the Live Tour is going to have much... Uh, empathy for the Andy Ogletrees and Jediah Morgans and Turk Pettits of the world who really are just to fill out, uh, to fill out a roster. And then the last thing I'm going to say is one thing I didn't understand is there are 48 golfers in the field. 48 is 16 divided by three. Why, since it's a shotgun start, why weren't there 54 golfers? Why aren't there 54 golfers in the field? And maybe maybe they do plan that eventually once they have it. But you know, why not start? Uh, why not start uh, a pairing, a threesome on on every hole, uh, rather than have you know mostly you know as a spectator again, guys were coming through very regularly. Uh, oh, a couple other things, a couple other observations. There were no placards following the patient, uh, following the player, so you had no idea. Who was you, you could you could tell who was coming if you had a scorecard, but you had no idea what their current scores were unless you were standing at, at a leaderboard and there weren't leaderboards everywhere. So that's one thing. And then uh, uh, number two, uh, on the leaderboards, they told you where the players were, but you could extrapolate how many holes they had played because you could tell where the leaders were. So if the leaders were on nine, then probably most people had played nine or 10 holes. Uh, but 
the leaderboards didn't tell you how you know, how far how, how uh, uh, where, where folks uh, were through their 18 holes. And finally today, I actually saw that there was a tweet that said the merchandise had sold out. Uh, there was a merchandise tent there. It was very small. And uh, I didn't see any live merchandise until the very, very end when I saw two people with four aces t-shirts on, a man and a woman. Now, I could have sworn the woman, I, I, she was walking in the crowd. And I could have sworn, uh, you know, I half wanted to ask her if she was Paulina Gretzky because she was beautiful. A beautiful blonde, looked kind of that, you know, looked like Paulina Gretzky a little bit, uh, and had on, you know, had a Prada bag and some very expensive appearing jewelry. Uh, and I was like, I was going to ask her, but why the heck would Paulina you know, be in Portland, number one, but be walking through the crowd? So uh, uh, the four aces are, are Dustin Johnson's quote, quote, team. Anyway, that's all for now. Just a just a little, you know, mini episode. Stacy and I'll be back on uh, Monday or Tuesday. Everybody enjoy your uh, July Fourth, and uh, again, we'll be back with you uh, with a real episode uh, coming up after the holiday when uh, we're back in when we're both back in town. Take care. <laughs>